Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. And the reason why we are studying this is so that the Holy Spirit will help me and you, help us together to always desire a fresh encounter with the Lord. We need to recognize the need for God in our lives as we commune with Him. It's very important. So we just look at a few scriptures and discuss around it so that the Holy Spirit from now in your own life will keep challenging you to seek God, to engage with Him. Every opportunity you have to seek God and do your devotions in prayer, in Bible study, you will take it serious because you need God. When we realize that there is no need for God, then we start backsliding. And that's the truth. And I'm praying that God will help us. So, first of all, let's look at the Word of God. We will... We will I want us to open our Bibles to Isaiah. We'll just read through some scriptures. Um, Isaiah 55. And we'll start reading from verse 6, 7, 8, 9. So if you are there, you can just read for us Isaiah 55, verse 6, down to verse 9. Yes. Can somebody read for us, please? All right. Seek, inquire for, and require the Lord, while he may be found, claiming him by necessity and by right. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to the Lord, and he will have love, pity, and mercy for him, and to our God, for he will pardon, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Hmm. I trust that God will grant us understanding. We are going to read another scripture. Um, let's look at um, Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah 17 verse 9. Let me let me read it. Or verse nine and ten. I'll read it. It says, "The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it?" Verse ten. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doing. Romans. <clears throat> These are just scriptures we are reading. That we will now start discussing and expounding on it. Romans chapter eight, 
read verse 5 down to 8. Um, someone, can you read? Yeah. Um, from verse 5 to 8. Yes. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds I need set. you to read out loud. Yeah. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what the, the nature does, the desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The, sin, the mind is sin, the mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Yeah, okay. So, beloved brethren, like we said, we want to look at why do we need God's encounter? Why do we need God? Why is it necessary to search, seek for God, and engage with Him? And the basis for what we want to discuss starts from the scriptures we've read. Now, going back to that Isaiah 55, maybe we should look at it again. The, the first call was in verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And that scripture is a direct instruction to us. We ought to seek the Lord. You see, the Lord in his mercy has given us Jesus. He has, he has God in his great love and faithfulness to mankind. He, he, without us even knowing, with, while we were still sinners, the Bible said, Jesus died for us. So God in his mercy has given us the best thing that he can ever give man. And that is, he, he gave, you, gave me and you his son. To die for our sins. The Bible says, if God will not withhold his only son from you and me, how will he not, how will he now withhold every other good thing? So the great, the great deliverance for us, or God's great faithfulness for us, is that he gave us his son. If you remember in 1 John chapter 3, verse um, let me just read that scripture. Verse 16. Look at 1 John 3 verse 16. It says, By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us. In fact, another translation says, This is God's love. And what was God's love? That he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sin and your sin. So God has, has actually, in his mercy, laid the foundation for us to seek him. And he's appealing to you and me to seek God. So in that Isaiah 55, he's saying, seek the Lord while he may be found. 
beloved brethren i know the world i know human beings you know they seek other things in this world and some of the things they seek are even good you know they say oh let there be peace they seek for peace and what they are seeking for is good but you see the real thing to seek for as mankind is god when you seek god every other thing is is encapsulated in 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 god that you are seeking once you seek the lord once you want to know jesus more and more you will have true peace true peace is not found in just collaborating with human beings and saying, oh, let's be peaceful let's live together let's live in harmony true peace is actually following jesus true peace is in christ you know with, in, in this world you can't actually have true peace except in jesus it's because the world has ignored jesus that's why they can't find peace and i'm praying that this will be your own challenge as you continue to live in, on this side of eternity you will make that verse 6 your goal seeking the lord now the question is how do we seek god that's the next reasonable question and the answer to that question starts from the subsequent verses we'll be reading now the other instruction there was call upon him while he is near so of seeking the Lord is also calling upon him. Uh, have we turned on the audio recording? The audio recording on. Um, oh, I, sorry, I assumed that Michael was. Yeah. Yes. Good. Yeah, no, I was checking. Yeah. So, the, the, so, seeking God also involves calling on him. Now, I know we call on God when we need things, when we are in a fix when we need him to answer our heart desires that is good because god is a father but excuse me when everything is going on well with you my brother my sister god is saying call upon him talk to him engage with him as you read scriptures ask him questions and say god how does this scripture that i've just read apply to me it's part of calling on him and the Bible is saying, call on him while he's near. Beloved brethren, this is the time to call on God. Honestly. Don't wait till when you have a problem before you call on God. Before you talk to him. Call on him now. Let that attitude be your attitude whereby you just want to talk to God, your, your creator, the one who loves you. Make it a habit. Don't be like the 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 truant son or daughter who only calls on God when he needs something. Don't be like the person who only comes to God when he's in need. When he is not in need, heaven does not hear your prayers. When everything is going on well, heaven is asking. I, I, I've not heard from this child of mine. This is now four weeks. He has not prayed. He has not rendered a prayer to me. This is now two months. Is it because all is well with him? He got his job. He, he needed money. We gave him. 
we provided for him now he doesn't need god no that should not be our testimony let it be that when you come to heaven with your with your heart to engage with god heaven is asking you so my son why did you come all you need to say is oh god i don't have any prayer request i just came to worship you because you are god that is the type of son that is the type of daughter the lord is looking for men and women who want to engage with god always so how is it that when you now have a problem because you are used to coming to the throne of grace every time when you now have a problem will god not say ah before you even before you even utter the prayer god is already answering it why because you are a true son you're a true daughter you are you are known in heaven because you always come and worship that is the type of son and daughter god is looking for so the lord is challenging you and me let's call upon him that is a sure way of seeking god do you know moses prayed one prayer one day in exodus he said lord show me your glory you know i was i was touched with that prayer he asked oh god show me your glory and i was wondering why did he pray that prayer he was not asking oh god give us food he wasn't asking oh god help us in this wilderness he didn't say oh god deliver us from our enemies the prayer point was god show me your glory no wonder moses was god's friend can we be challenged this evening that we will keep asking god god i want to know you more show me yourself reveal yourself to my heart more and more can that be a prayer point for us can we make it our heart desire as we live on this earth despite all the terrible things that are happening despite all the ungodliness we are still asking lord show me yourself let me know you more it's so important and as part of seeking god as part of being near to god so that we can call upon him the bible is saying let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts beloved brethren i know we are christians but what is god challenging us please those wicked ways those unrighteous thoughts the lord is saying we should forsake it let's not assume let's not give room for ungodliness in our personal lives let's keep an eye on our lives please as the lord will help you those bad thoughts when they come expunge it in the name of jesus tell the lord lord i should not be thinking like this help my heart the lord is saying let the wicked forsake his ways all those wicked tendencies that creep up in your heart 
The Lord is saying, forsake it. Don't excuse it away, please. Don't excuse it away. Don't say, well, God understands. He knows that nobody is perfect. And you excuse your misbehavior with that statement. That means you are not repentant. The Bible is saying, let that person return to the Lord. And I thank God for the next scripture. It says, he will have mercy on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. That's the glorious thing about God. The glorious thing about God is even when we misbehave and you run to him, in true repentance, he will pardon. Let's not be like Adam and Eve. When they misbehaved, they ran away from it instead of running to him for mercy. May God help you and me that we will not allow sin separate us from our, our Lord and Savior. The reason why Jesus came was so that he will die for your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. We must not now allow the sin, the reason why Jesus came, that reason to drive you away from him. Actually, the real thing is when Jesus, when you encounter God and when you keep encountering him, you will see your inadequacies, you will see your faults more and more. You will see your 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 emptiness more and more. And you will draw nearer to him. That is the effect Jesus will have on our lives. Now, look at another reason why we God in our lives. Look at verse 8. The Bible is saying, For my thoughts, that's the lost thoughts, are not your thoughts. Nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. That is very important. God is reminding you and me that the way we think is far different from the way he thinks. That is why we need God. His ways, the ways of God are totally different. And the Bible says they are far. He says, no, are your ways my ways, says the Lord. Let's listen to God here. His ways are not your ways. The next part, verse 9 now says, As far as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. I don't know if you've read that scripture before. I think it's in 1 Corinthians. That says, even the foolishness of God, that's if God was foolish. God's foolishness is wiser than the highest wisdom. That is if God is foolish. And I know God is not foolish. God's wisdom, God's ways are far, far higher, far, far higher. That's why you see the reason why our brain cannot fully comprehend God is because his ways are far higher than our ways. We need 
a deep revelation, an inner revelation of God to appreciate his ways. God's ways always does not apply to our logic. You know, the human brain, we tend to reason things out. We tend to try and work things out. We say one plus one is two. That is reasoning. But when it comes to the things of God and trying to appreciate God and his ways, one plus one for God could be one million. It could be ten thousand. The question is, how does it work out? It doesn't apply to reason. The Bible says one shall chase one thousand. Eh? I thought two would chase two thousand. But according to God's equation, when you are talking about the relationship between husband and wife, the two shall chase ten thousand. Does it apply to human logic? One chases one thousand. I thought two. According to human reasoning, which is what? Two thousand. One times two. Is it it? One person is chasing one thousand. Two times the one thousand, which is two thousand. That's reason. But for God, he said the two shall chase two thousand. Sorry, the two shall chase ten thousand. A multiplier effect. Just to show you that God's thinking is not the way we think. The Bible says, Bless those, or uh, the Bible says, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Hmm? It says, When your enemy needs cold water, what should you give him, please? Give him cold water, your enemy. Does it, does it apply to normal reasoning? But those are God's ways. It's far higher than our ways. The Bible says, pray for those who persecute you. Ah, ah. Does that apply to you? Does that make reason to you, your human mind? If somebody slaps you, <laughs> Jesus said, turn your other cheek. Excuse me. <laughs> does that apply to normal thinking? I thought if they slap you, what should you do, please? Slap your own back. <laughs> Retaliate. That is human reasoning. That is human thinking. That is human way. But God's ways are totally different. So the Lord is challenging us. You see, from this scripture, Tuchi, you are welcome. We are looking at Isaiah 55. And we are just studying the need why we and you need God. So we have been looking at it from verse 6. We are actually in verse 9 now. So the Lord is saying, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Let's know. That because God's ways are higher, higher in wisdom, higher in eternal purpose, higher in, in power, God's ways, higher in godliness and righteousness, we have no option but to submit to his ways. 
It looks at times God's ways and the way God thinks is foolish. No, it's not. It's because it's higher. <laughs> it's because it's higher. Do you know you can, if you want, you, you can just for the reason of comparison, it doesn't work out. But I just need I'm using this illustration. Just excuse me, I want to ask you a question. Do you think a fly can reason and look at a human being and say, But how come these human beings can't fly? They are walking around. Have you ever thought of that? A fly. You know how tiny a fly is. <laughs> a fly looks at a human being and says, Ah, why are they putting food on a plate? <laughs> why are they using a fork and knife to eat food? Does a fly actually eat? They don't eat actually. What do they do? They release enzymes, isn't this? From their, from their, I can't remember what it's called now. Is it, what do flies use? Okay, let's use the example of a mosquito. I can talk about a mosquito easily because I'm used to the anatomy. Does a mosquito eat? A mosquito doesn't eat actually. A mosquito feeds on blood. And how does it feed on blood? It sends down its what's it called? Is it, I, I've forgotten now. I think it's um, um goodness me, I've forgotten. <laughs> it release it releases enzymes hmm, to digest the blood. It's trying to suck up, so it sucks up the blood. A mosquito doesn't have teeth. So when a mosquito tries, is looking at a human being and is thinking, what are they eating? He doesn't understand, is it? Because God is God. I'm just using that example as an illustration. Because our God is eternal. Our God is, is great. He's fast, he's fast finding out. His ways. His will. His mind. Is totally at a different level from ours. That's why when you look at his word, at times God's word sounds foolish to the human brain. That is why we need faith to follow God. That is why you cannot work out God with your with your cerebrum. And your medulla oblongata all combined. You can't actually work out God with, with that. Can you imagine? God operates beyond the scope of time. You know, we are all controlled by our, our time. You know that. We need, me and you know that we are living in the year 2022. God does not operate by our years. God does not operate like that. So when you pray a prayer and you thought that prayer should be answered in 2022 and it takes two years, three years for God to answer that prayer, to your human brain, does it make sense? It doesn't. But it's God we are dealing with. He sees the end of the matter from the beginning. 
knows the very thoughts and the reason why you are praying that prayer. And when he is going to answer you, he knows the best way to answer you. You may not see that reason. But God, because his ways are higher than your ways, what God is encouraging us to do is to seek him. Is to seek to know him more and more. If you want to know God's ways, if you want to know his mind, he reveals his mind, his ways through his word. Can you imagine the great God, the almighty God, he wants to relate with mankind. And he reveals himself through his son, Jesus. And he wants me and you to follow Jesus. So that you can become like Jesus. And as you become like Jesus, you are follow, you are being a follower of God. That is God's design. What a great God we serve. What a great God we follow because he's beyond our thinking. And I'm praying that God will reveal himself to you regularly. He will reveal himself to you daily so that you can appreciate him more and more. Now, we read the scripture. Another reason why we need God. Look at it. That is um, Jeremiah 17. Let's look at it. Jeremiah 17. The Bible says, verse 9, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test it in mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. The heart, the Bible says, is deceitful. The heart of man. Do you know you do not know your own heart? You don't know it. Your own heart can deceive you. And so if we have a heart that we don't know, if we have a heart that we don't, the heart can, can reveal some things that you never thought was inside. It's very interesting. That if you are put under some type of pressure, you can exhibit some characters that you never thought you could. That's the heart of man. And the Bible is saying, who can know it? You can't know your heart. But let me tell you, who knows the heart? In verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. That's what the Bible says. The Lord, he searches it, he knows it. I test the man, mind. Maybe we should look at it from another translation. The Bible says, in a, I'm just reading New Living Translation. It says, but I know, I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. As human beings, we cannot know people's hearts. Somebody could be smiling at you and 
is just smiling and being joyful at your success but quietly that heart could be could be wishing you bad could be wishing you evil that is how deceitful the heart is the heart could be smiling but inside crying that's the issue with the heart you know i think we've discussed this before <laughs> if the lord should reveal everybody's hearts to you do you know you might not be able to survive on this in this earth that's the truth if you suddenly had insight into into people's hearts i don't think you will live in this world you can't But thank God, God has not given you that ability. The Bible is saying, I is God. He's the only one that checks people's secret motives. And you see, because the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful, what you do do this. Eh? Submit your heart to God. There's a scripture in Proverbs. Let me look for that scripture. He says, my son, give me your heart. Let me look for that scripture. Um, <clears throat> I think it's, let's look at it in, is it Proverbs 23 now? Proverbs 23, let's read that scripture. Proverbs 23, verse let me see. Yes, verse 26. This is God's call to you and me regarding our hearts. He said, My son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. That's God's call to us. Because the heart is desperately wicked and deceitful, what should you do, please? Submit that heart to God. Let God handle that heart. Let God move that heart. Let God walk on that heart. So that it, it, your heart can produce great things for God. So that I have to keep pleasing God all the days it has in this on this side of eternity. My son, that's that's why we need to give our hearts to God. My son, my daughter, give me your heart. That is God's call to you and me. And the Bible is saying, let your eyes, that's the other call. Let your eyes observe my ways. So there's a responsibility to me and you that we must keep a focus on God's ways. Observe his character, his ways of doing things. Look at it as a source of instruction for your own life. That's what God is asking us to do. Actually, George, if you read the um, uh, Jeremiah 79 in the Amplified, it is so heavy. You know that the yes. meaning of the word. <laughs> yes. 
It says, and that's Jeremiah 17, verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Did you hear the definition of the heart of man? Corrupt, exceedingly corrupt, perverse, and, and severely mortally sick. So, mortally sick means if you allow that heart to keep going, what does it end up? In spiritual death. Mortally sick. Do you see the reason why every heart needs a savior? Do you see the reason why Jesus said, you must be born again? And I believe God wants us to appreciate our salvation more and more. The heart is mortally sick. No wonder that heart is doomed for destruction. That is why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. Jesus did not tell Nicodemus, you may be born again if you want. He didn't say you may be born again. If you read it, that scripture, in John chapter 13, you must, it's a must, or else that heart, because it is mortally sick, needs to be born afresh. I'm praying that God will grant us understanding. I'm praying that we would appreciate our salvation. You see, when you appreciate the place you are coming from, when you understand that you are coming from darkness, you will appreciate light. Honestly, you will appreciate light. The problem is that we just think we are good human beings. After all, we are, we are good people. And we have forgotten that our good works, our righteousness as human beings, the Bible calls it filthy rags. I've read that scripture before in Isaiah chapter 1. All your righteousness, the Bible calls it filthy rags. That is why your righteousness, my righteousness, cannot stand before God. We need a Savior in Jesus. We need a Savior. We need the, the salvation of Jesus. And that salvation is, is ever at work. It doesn't stop. The blood of Jesus that saved me and you is the blood that is interceding for us. That blood is speaking better things, the Bible says, than the blood of Abel. Do you know what the blood of Abel was shouting? When that blood was spilled, do you know? Do you know what that blood was shouting? Let's look at it. Look at Genesis. Cain killed his brother in Genesis chapter four. What did God say? Look at it. <laughs> look at verse nine. When Cain killed his brother Abel, the Bible said. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? 
Verse 10. Look at what God said. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. You know, as I read that scripture, do you know what that blood is saying? That blood is saying, God, see what my brother has done. He has just spilled my blood. He has just killed me. God, see what my brother has done. That blood was crying out to God. A vengeance in 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 heart in, in a heart cry. See what my brother has done. My brother. Not just any man, he's my brother. See what my brother has done. But we thank God, the blood of Jesus is speaking far greater things on our behalf than the blood of evil. And what's that blood saying? Lord, I died for these ones. Lord, I went on the cross for this brother, for this man, for this lady. Lord, help them. My blood that I shed for them must not be wasted. Uphold them. That blood is an interceding blood on our behalf. And we thank God. We must always thank God for this. We are forever indebted to God. Why? Because he has paid the price. That is why every, every man, every woman, every human being needs a savior. Because the heart is mortally sick. I'm trusting that God will help us appreciate these things. You see, as we appreciate it, we understand that we need God. Look at the world today. Look at how mortally sick the heart of man is. Because of the mortally sick heart, thousands are dying in Ukraine. Just endless like that. Because of somebody's pride. Can you imagine? That is the effect of the heart of man. Children are dying. You know, a child that does not know what's happening, suddenly, because of a bomb, we die. And he doesn't know. He doesn't even understand. Is there a country called Russia? I do. He doesn't know that there's a country, but he just dies. Because the heart is mortally sick. Beloved brethren, I pray you will appreciate your salvation even more. I pray you understand that God wants us to, to seek him even more because of the price he has paid for me and you on the cross. I pray you understand that because of what Jesus did for you and me on the cross, we have no other option but to live for him. We don't have any doubt. Look at what the Bible says. Just look at Second Corinthians chapter five. Why did Jesus die for me? And what should be our response? Look at it in verse fifteen. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse fifteen. He said. He died for all, so that those who live should no longer live for themselves. 
but for him who died for them and rose again. So what is the reason for my living now? That's what Jesus is telling us here. Let me read it from Amplified. It says, And he died for all, so that all those who live might live no longer to and for themselves. You see, when Jesus died for you, when Jesus paid the price for you, he bought you. And when he bought you, that means because you are now his own, you can no longer live for yourself. You can only live for the person who bought you, who bought you over. But when you say, no, I am not going to live for the person who bought you over, you are saying, I reject his price over my head. I reject his blood. I reject his sacrifice. And there is only one end to that, his death. Is death. So that's why we are forever indebted to the Lord Jesus. Our lives no longer belongs to us because we have been bought with a price. And that price was the blood of Christ shed on the cross. So beloved brethren, we need him. Because of time, we'll stop here. But we will explore. Remember, we explore, we look at some other scriptures in Romans chapter 8. Next time, we are going to explore very quickly when God was, when Paul was writing to the Roman Christians. If you remember the scripture we read in Romans chapter 8. We are going to study Romans 8 in detail just for us to appreciate the truth of God's deliverance over our lives. If you read Romans 1 and Romans 8 verse 1, let me just read verse 1. It says, There is therefore, Romans 8 verse 1, There is therefore no, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. You see, when Jesus died for you and me, he took away that condemnation. The condemnation of sin, he took it away. But he wants you to appreciate. Remember, we said that the reason why Jesus died is so that me and you will no longer live for ourselves. Now, living for yourself is living for the old man, the old you that was alive. But because of Christ, he's now dead. So, Jesus is telling us here that because you are now his own, there is no more condemnation for you and me. But you see, for that no more condemnation to be real. We have to live according to the spirit and not according to the flesh. For that condemnation 
not to to be to be stamped on your life. We need to live, we need to walk, we need to direct our lives according to the spirit. The spirit that gave the the spirit that engineered the new birth in Christ, we need to live by it. We should not live by the old man, the old nature that was subjected to death because of the cross of Jesus. We cannot live by it. Why? Because that brings death. And so the Bible is challenging us and making you, me and you to remember and understand that condemnation is no longer ours as long as we live according to the Spirit. So by God's grace, next time we are going to study that scripture. But what is our prayer point for this study this evening? The prayer point is, Oh God, can you help me to keep seeking you? Since my life no longer belongs to me because of the price you paid for me on the cross, help me to live my life for you and you alone. A man cannot serve two masters. That's what Jesus said. And since Jesus bought you over with a price, then the only reasonable thing to do is to live for him because he's now your owner. It is it is it is um robbery eh? if Jesus bought you over and you now say, Hang on, <laughs> I cannot live for Jesus that bought me over. Let me go and live for myself. That is practically stealing. Let's not call it another name. That is, <laughs> that is stealing. And I'm praying that we will not be classified as thieves in the kingdom because you rejected the, the reasonable thing to do, and that is to live for Christ. So we are going to pray, God help me, that I will live for you because I'm no longer my own. I'm not, I'm not my owner. The reason why you died is so that the life I now live, I will live it for Jesus. It's what he wants that we do now because I'm no longer my own. You see, when you were not, when, when, if Jesus did not die for you and me, you have every right to say, excuse me, I can live my life. I'm my owner after all. But Jesus has paid a price with his precious blood. So you can't say you are your own. <laughs> I'm praying God will grant us understanding. I pray that we will carry this mindset. I'll stop here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for uh, our teaching tonight. Praise God. So, uh... come and join Pastor George's Bible study at 8 p.m. 